We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And uh, we've got another Irish crossover for you uh, today. And I'm excited that that my worlds are colliding. Uh, My colleague over at WSBT Radio, the sports director, Darren Pritchett, he's also the voice of the Notre Dame hockey team uh, for, wow, more than a decade now, isn't it, Darren? Around 12 years. Wow, time flies, man. Holy cow. I remember when you took over. Um, so, yeah, so Darren's going to join me today. We're going to talk a little bit uh, Irish hockey and where things are with this team and and just everything that's going on. They've been a uh, little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde uh, this year. So we're going to we're going to dive into that and uh, kind of what the future holds uh, for, for Notre Dame hockey, especially considering they're going to be hosting the Big Ten tournament here uh, in a few weeks. So. Darren, let's start with, since this is the first time we've talked uh, this season, let's just start with your expectations, the program's expectations kind of going into this season, um, and, and where you thought this team might be going into the season, and then we'll talk about the season itself. First, I have to say, I think we're just following the script of all the winter sports at Notre Dame. It's like up and down, up and down. It's It's been a crazy ride. I'll speak for myself. My expectations coming into this year – We were a 500 hockey team last year, lost some good, dependable seniors. I think there's a lot of great things on the way with two recruiting classes the next two years that are considered the best in the country. There's a really good foundation with this team and a little more offense coming along the way. I would say coming into the year, my biggest concern was 
we're, we're going to be able to score enough. I know Coach Jackson set a goal of 3.00 goals per game. That's where we need to get to. And up until the Ohio State series, we've been around 2.50. I think we were at 2.44 going into the Ohio State series last weekend when we scored 14, which has really enhanced that number. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the, the amount of depth in scoring we'd be able to have. So that was a big concern. Defensively, I thought we'd get a whole lot better as the season went on, and we are starting to do that. And we've had so much dependable goaltending through the years. We've relied on Cale Morris for a long time. He's now gone. So you had Dylan St. Cyr, a guy in the program a long time, and a young guy in Ryan Bischel battling for playing time. And St. Cyr's kind of taken over, and he's been really, really good the last few weeks. So I guess my hope was being the upper half of the Big Ten, and have a chance to go to the NCAA tournament when you get to March. Right now, it looks like it's a long shot to get to the tournament unless you win the Big Ten tournament, which I guess you're on your home ice. You hope you would have a great chance to do that, but we're 3-8-1 at home, so I guess maybe we just need to figure out a way to put the guys on a bus, drive them around town a little bit, and make it feel like a road trip for the Big Ten tournament. Just just blindfold them and then change the logo at center ice. You know, you know, this isn't your place. It just looks like it. Crazy. <laughs> so I, uh, this is a little off topic, but I've always wanted to ask you this question. So why not on the podcast? Okay. Uh, I am not a hockey aficionado by any stretch of the imagination and how things work at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. I, I know that when, when guys come into Notre Dame, when they come into any college, they're not your normal 18-year-old kid, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're – Coming off of playing on other teams, they're usually an older group, right? So explain kind of that process and how that works. You'll see anything. (laughs) I think more recently, we've actually added a couple of players right out of high school. I would say college hockey recruiting might be the most complicated. Yeah. All the sports, only from this standpoint. You're getting kids drafted by NHL teams, and sometimes they see the bright lights. And this is a high-end guy. You have to recruit them knowing that you might lose them, kind of like college baseball, I think, is a a good parallel. But you also have to factor in there are junior leagues in Canada, and these Canadian juniors, you'll play 80 games, but you're not going to get the strength and conditioning. You're not going to get to practice as much. You don't have to wear a shield, so some guys like that. So it's almost more of like pro hockey. You don't have to go to college. So some kids want to go that route. So you have to battle that. And and sometimes the Canadian junior teams are, how do I say it, aggressive in the way they go after some American kids. That makes things a little more interesting. I'll just leave it there. (laughs) Well, there's just a lot of challenges in getting kids to Notre Dame. I mean, we've lost some great players like Cam Fowler, a defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks. He was supposed to come to Notre Dame. The last second he went to the Canadian junior. So it's something you battle. And when you recruit high-end kids, that's yeah. the risk you take. They might leave after a year. Some may not even make it to campus, unfortunately. So, But more times than not, Vince, it's a kid finishes high school. He goes to the United States Hockey League, which is a great developmental league. And then they'll come to Notre Dame from there, just like the Boltman kid we got at the Christmas holidays. He was playing in the USHL, decided to come now because it's a free year. You don't lose any eligibility. Yeah, good point. Complicated, it's a mess, but I'll say this. Some teams in Hockey East we played against had 25-year-old seniors, and they were playing against 18-year-old Notre Dame players. Is that fair? Probably not, but we have different rules in hockey compared to other collegiate sports. So 
with the with the USHL, they allow kids to come to college later. And a lot of times there's a lot of physical mismatches, but I think there's a lot of schools in Hockey East that have to recruit the older kids because they can't, can't get the high-end kids like Notre Dame can. So that's the way they balance things out. I got you. Yeah, there's a big, uh, you know, I, I'm used to high school kids, obviously, in person. There's a big difference between a freshman and a senior there. I can only imagine in college the, the physical difference between an 18-year-old and a 25-year-old. Holy smokes. I don't know any other college sport where you're going to have seven years of age difference. Maybe BYU football with some of their older guys against yeah. a freshman. But other than that, it's unique, to say the least. Oh, man, you're not kidding. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, that that clears it up for me a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the goaltending. Uh, you, you mentioned it a little bit in your open. Uh, you know, Notre Dame's been blessed. Uh, their last two starting goalies have been, you know, unbelievable. Cal and Kale, right? Um and now, you know, they're moving on to the next the next level. Um, and you said it was a battle. There was a battle at the goaltender position. Um, it, it, has there been, you know, a massive drop off, uh, for, you know, in goal between the pipes? Or is it uh, is it leveling out at this point? You know, first off, Cal's in the NHL with the Kings right now. And he's going to be a starting goaltender once some contracts expire. So he was a high-end talent, no question about it. And Kale's in the Blackhawks organization. So... Those are two great goaltenders. Uh, you look at the situation right now, I think there were a lot of reasons why the goals against average was pretty high early on. First off, I don't think at all times we played very well in front of the goaltender. And I think we had problems with what we call layers where the defense and the forwards have to kind of mesh together and build a wall defensively. And we weren't very good, in my opinion. Yeah. Throughout the year. So I don't think the goaltenders were put in the best position to succeed at all times. Okay. But I would also say there might have been a goal every game that you felt like should have been stopped that got in. So I think there's reason to talk about the people in front of the goaltender and the goaltenders themselves. I think Dylan has done a really good job lately getting to play consistently of not allowing that goal in that you feel like should have been stopped. He's been so much more consistent. And I think maybe that comes with playing. A little more. I mean, he's the the fifth year senior. You've got the sophomore that might be the future. So, you know, we haven't talked to Coach Jackson in a few weeks in a media session. So it's hard to get a feel for what he's thinking right now. But he's riding the hot guy. Dylan's playing well. And one thing through the years, when Jeff sees a guy start to play well, he takes over. In fact, Kale Morris and Dylan St. Cyr three years ago, they were going back and forth during that great year. And Dylan, unfortunately, played a game in which the defense was horrible in front of him. So Kale got the next start. Just yeah. to see what happened, he caught fire and he started the rest of the year and the rest is history. So I think Dylan's take advantage of the opportunity given to him right now for more consistent playing time. Gotcha. Well, let, let's talk about the Big Ten standings. Notre Dame standing in third place right now. Pretty solid in third. Uh, they've got 27 total points. Minnesota above them has 33. And then Michigan below them has 23 so they're they're solidly in that third place uh area the the funny thing is with with well let's just talk about the big 10 standings what do you see there when you're looking at the big 10 standings right now well wisconsin and minnesota probably coming into the year were the two best teams and that's playing out right now wisconsin has two players that are going to be high-end nhl players offensively that are doing some really big things cole caulfield's the top goal scorer and point man in college hockey He's the first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens. And they've got better supplementary players around them. 
So Wisconsin has really come on strong. They just swept Minnesota to take over first place. In fact, they won eight to one over Minnesota. The same Ohio State eight to one. Minnesota is more of a sound structural team. They have good high-end players. I think they have probably more depth players than Wisconsin. But Wisconsin's gotten hot behind their best players right now. Minnesota started 10-0. They've been very average since they got up to that great start. We swept them in Minneapolis. So I think the best teams are at the top. Michigan probably, their freshman class is – going to be very, very good. And we stopped them the first two meetings. Second time, they probably had the advantage. So we split all four against Michigan. So I think Notre Dame is a third or fourth place team right now in the Big Ten. We played two more games than Michigan. They've been on pause for a while due to COVID. I think Notre Dame will finish third or fourth. I think after fourth place, there might be a little separation between five, six, and seven and the top. So I think Notre Dame will be third or fourth, but this year I don't know if it really matters where you finish in the standings because for six of the seven teams, you're going to be playing on neutral ice for the Big Ten tournament. And, yeah, we're playing at home, but, again, we're 3-8-1, and one, so I don't know if anyone is truly scared of us at home right now. Well, yeah, well, let's talk about that real quick because the disparity in the in the, in the, uh, in the schedule or in the, in the, uh, the win-loss, 7-1 and one away from, from Compton – Three, eight, and one at home. I mean, rare is it that you see such a disparity uh, home and away in this regard? Some, you know, usually it's home, you're seven and one, and on the road, you're three and eight. I know you haven't had a chance to uh, talk to Coach Jackson in the last couple of weeks, but what are your thoughts on maybe why this is even occurring? Boy, if I knew, I'd be in the Hockey Hall of Fame and <laughs> Coach Jackson's staff right now, making a whole lot more money than, than I am now, but. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason not being on the road with the team this year. I, yeah, I true. Feel, but I'll just say this a lot of times. I know Coach Jackson has talked through the years. His most difficult challenge is coaching his team at home on a Friday because Notre Dame kids have to go to class. Yeah. You're not going to miss class on a game day just because you have a game. A lot of places, they might do things a little differently. Now, Saturday's different. It's more of a business day. It's all hockey and on the road. It's completely a business trip. So Fridays have always been more of a challenge. And it's funny. You see the difference between Friday and Saturday at home a lot of times. Other than that, Vince, boy, I don't have an explanation. I just think a lot of times at home, it feels like the other team does something good. And you almost just feel everybody go, (laughs) their shoulders go down. And we haven't had responses like we've had on the road. I will say this, when special teams is better. It gives you a better chance to win home or away. And my goodness, we had four power play goals going into last weekend. And we scored three, four minutes apart on Saturday. And we had five on the weekend. So getting better special teams will give you a better chance to win. So I'm not sure what our splits are home and away for special teams. But if you do a little bit more on the power play, gives you a better chance to win. So I wish there was a great answer. But right now, for a team that always plays well at home, except maybe for last year, no explanation. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And sometimes, you know, maybe the lack of crowds, you know, all these different things, I guess, could play into it because we've seen, I mean, Notre Dame basketball goes and wins in North Carolina and Duke. Obviously, those teams are down. But, you know, maybe that doesn't happen if the Cameron crazies, et cetera, are are in your face and doing all all what they do. So um, it's just an interesting dichotomy when you're talking about the home and aways. It's just in empty gyms. You know, you don't get the boost when you're at home and 
well, you don't get the nonsense when you're away. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. You know, sometimes teams revel in being the only people in the building that are on one side. Right. The whole buildings against you. Like when you go to Minnesota, you're going to have 6,000 fans there. And it's like us against the world and you come together. But there's no fans in the stands in any of these Big Ten arenas. So right. you can even point to that to why the team's 7-1 and one on the road this year. Yeah, no doubt. They've got series left with Minnesota. That's the next. Uh, that's the next series coming up this weekend, and it's at home. Uh, and then they've got Wisconsin, so that's two tough back-to-back series. Uh, and then uh, Michigan State and Penn State to close things out for the regular season. Is this? Are these next two series kind of make or break for Notre Dame in the Big Ten standings, or you think they're pretty solid with where they're at? If Michigan gets to make up all their games that they've now lost due to COVID, I mean, there's a very good chance that Michigan could jump Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame's fourth place at worst, in my personal opinion. I mean, if they get hot and they roll through Minnesota and Wisconsin, I guess anything's possible. But I would have to imagine Minnesota's going to be pretty, for the lack of a better word, ticked off. Yeah. Because we went up there and and beat them and – two one-goal games, and they're coming off a spanking at home by Wisconsin. So I have a feeling the coaching staff probably got the attention of Minnesota, and when you factor they lose 8-1 to in their last game and Notre Dame's beaten them twice this year, yeah, they're going to get absolutely their best effort. And Wisconsin's playing as well as anybody in the country right now, and they swept us the first series of the year at home. So yeah, it, it's going to be definitely two big challenges and if you do well, heck, anything's possible. But again, I think at the end of the day, Vince, they might be a fourth place team in the Big Ten. And if that's the case, that's just about where the league picked them at the start of the year. OK, well, let's talk about the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, it's going to be at home. Um, is it single elimination? Is that how the Big Ten tournament works? Yeah, it's going to be different this year. Normally, the quarterfinals is best of three and the, okay. best, the team has the home ice advantage and then one game in the semifinals, one game in the championship. Yeah, this year it's just going to be six games, three on the 18th, two on the 19th, the championship on the 20th. Wow. So it's going to be quick, and it's not going to be one of those situations where, like last year we beat Minnesota in game one in the quarterfinals on the road and then lost the last two and we're done several days before the pandemic hit. So you don't have that chance to recover this year. In a hockey sense, I prefer the playoff series. We see it in the NHL. I think a lot of flukiness to hockey with bounces and and injuries. So I wish it was more, but in the pandemic, I guess we can't complain. At least you're getting a tournament, right? I guess, you know, (laughs) we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll take what we can get at this point. Um, And you think, uh, in your opinion, that Notre Dame probably has to win the Big Ten tournament at this point to get into the NCAAs? Because the, the isn't it like 16 teams in the NCAAs? It's not that many, right? Yeah, and the pairwise is a computer formula that basically decides the 16 teams. Oh, wow. We'll have to factor in there's going to be five conference champions. Atlantic Hockey always gets a spot, and they never will get a team in the tournament. They're like a small major in the NCAA basketball tournament. So they've got spot number 16, and if there are a couple of upsets in the conference tournament, automatic bids, all of a sudden, if you're 14th in the pairwise, you may not make the tournament. Yeah. Well, I've always felt like you need to be 12th to feel really good. And we've been in the mid 20s now. I didn't look after Saturday. After Friday, we were 25th. 
So we've got a long way to go. Now, yeah. beat Minnesota and Wisconsin four in a row, that would bolt us up in the paralyzed. <laughs> but I would say pretty safely, Vince, that if you give the coaching staff some truth serum, they would tell you we probably have to win the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, uh, the way you break it down. And I, I hate computers, man. I I don't know if it would be any different if there were if the you know the the broadcasters or or the, the media or whatever were voting, but man, I just computers give me the itch, man. I'm not a fan. Well, I'm not a big fan of the NCAA regionals where they're the biggest games of the year and you have five hundred people in the stands because you have regionals all across the country. And you got four teams going to places maybe you are not even close to home. Well, fans aren't going to come out to watch that. So it's frustrating. It needs to change. I think we need to have best of three series in the regional. And the better seeded team gets the home ice advantage. Yeah. yeah. Built-in crowds. Because I think you would you would probably ask most hockey players, they would rather play in a building full and be the road team in that environment than going and playing in front of 250 people in an empty arena with no enthusiasm. The biggest games of the year should not be the least exciting from a fan standpoint. So the so everybody's going to a neutral site and they, it just doesn't get the crowd is what you're saying. So it's not a COVID thing. It's a you just don't get the fans because nobody's got a dog in the fight. Well, we went to Toledo the year after we went to the Frozen Four and 13, I guess it was. And we were the number one seed. And we played the early game. I want to say it might have been around 12, 1 o'clock. There might have been 150 people in the building. And... We didn't play well in St. Cloud's. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. State upset us, but I mean, it was just one of those games, even as a broadcaster, you get excited for those big games. Yeah. Just no adrenaline rush with nobody in the building, so... I hope the NCAA changes it, but I think hockey's not that big revenue-wise. They just want to get it over with, with one <laughs> game, and not have best of three. But I would love to see it in home buildings, but I don't know if we'll ever get to that point. Yeah, that's a shame. You figure an NCAA tournament, you're going to have sellouts. I mean, that's just what, you, th- what four, you think about. Thousand four people, the same people come from across the country every year. You get 25,000 people in wow. the if it holds that much. But for the regionals, it is a big letdown. Yeah, that's unfortunate. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. 
Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Darren, I wanted to ask you, so for, for those uh, out there that may be listening to and finding out about Notre Dame hockey for the first time, you know, just haven't really tuned in or, or whatever, I don't know what they're thinking, but they haven't tuned in at this point. Who should they be looking out for? A couple of names uh, that you get to call a lot when you're when you're calling a game. Well, the guy with the most points right now is Alex Steves. He's a junior right wing, and he's coming off a phenomenal weekend at Ohio State with one goal and six assists. He was the wow. number two star in the Big Ten last weekend, and he's been on the same line with the Slager brothers for a good while now. Landon's a freshman who won a gold medal for Team USA in the World Juniors in January. And his older brother, Graham, who is having a breakout offensive year, he's already bypassed his best point season at Notre Dame. And they are the sons of associate head coach Andy Slaggart. So there's a long-time relationship between Coach Jackson and the boys. He's watched them grow up through the years. So we're really lucky to have them. That line has really been good. It's been our best line so far this year. I would say Spencer Stasny and Nate Clerman are the defensemen to watch. They're on the same pairing. Stasny has great speed, good puck mover, draft pick of the Predators, and Clerman's our captain. He's come on more offensively this year than being just a defensive player, so they've been good. And Nick Lieberman's another defenseman. He had three goals last weekend. He is a guy that we really need to provide a little more offense along the blue line. We just don't have that Jordan Gross or Robbie Russo from a few years ago, and he's starting to chip in a little more. So I would say that's a good starting point. The Slaggarts and Steves is our best line. And the defensemen are really growing right now with guys like Stasny, Clerman, and Lieberman. Okay. Let, let's take a – you mentioned the fact that Notre Dame has the next two big recruiting classes coming in. Let's take a peek into the future. Uh, I'm not sure how closely you follow the recruiting, but a couple of names to, to keep an eye out there. Oh, gosh, I don't know the names off the top of their head. I That's okay. Because hockey, college <clears throat> hockey recruiting is kept more close to the best. It's hard to find a lot of information. I'll just say but what the coaching staff has said to me and they've said publicly that we need to get better offensively and these two recruiting classes coming in, if they all show up, will yeah. be a big boost we're looking for. In fact, there's a couple of kids. There's one kid that is considered the best junior in Canada. Wow. And he is verbally committed to Notre Dame. So I apologize. I don't have the names off the top That's of my okay. head. But from what I've been led to believe – it's more of a high-end group. And let me just say this up front. When you get more high-end players, they might be here one year or two years. While we have a lot of guys on our current roster that are four-year players. Okay. So there's a lot of give and take. When you have them, you got to go. You got to play well. I'll say this. With the nucleus building right now with this group, and if you can get freshmen to come in and add more offensive depth and more high-end play, I think you've got a chance to be – outstanding next year and we'll have to see if a couple of seniors like a Matt Hellickson a defenseman maybe he decides to come back next year since you've got a free year yeah. he's a draft pick of the Devils but who knows who knows what NHL teams decide to do so I would say there's a lot of interesting possibilities make sure these guys get in the door first before I get excited because I've been disappointed <laughs> we're getting this big player and all of a sudden he doesn't show up so Going by the coaching staff, they are very excited about the next couple of years of this hockey team. Awesome. So the future is bright. It almost feels 
I don't want to say it's a gap year, but it almost feels like you're kind of in the middle of something that was really good and then something that could be really good. I, you know, the problem has been we had Anders Bjork, Andrew Ogilvy, Jake Evans. Those were high end skill forwards, and Ogilvy and Bjork left early, so that left a little gap. Now Evans yeah. played his entire career, and now he's flourishing with the Montreal Canadiens. He might be a part of the best fourth line in the NHL right now, but. Yeah, there's just been a little gap, and I'm not sure if they went more for four-year players a little bit to avoid departures, but whatever the case may be, they're really locked in on some high-end players, and I know they're very excited about what could be in the very near future for this team. Well, that my, my final question was going to be, uh, you know, you've been around Coach Jackson for a long time, so you, you kind of understand what he's all about. D- is he... Does he gear himself more towards the four-year players and with a smattering of, of some of those those high-end, you know, one- or two-year players? Or what what's his philosophy that you can tell when it comes to the recruiting trail? You know, I would say he's always had a good balance. Okay. I mean, when we got Ian Cole, he was like the first big, wild recruit way back when, 16, 17 years ago. And that kind of changed the tide of Notre Dame recruiting. So there's always been a great balance of getting the Anders Lees, the Anders Bjorks, those guys that probably, as you get them, you know you're not going to have them for four years. But he also balances that out with guys like, oh boy, what's a good example? I would guess like a TJ Tynan who stayed all four years. He's been going between the AHL and NHL the last few years. Uh, the Kevin Lins, the Stephen Johns, those guys who are – good enough to play in the pros, but they stick around for four years. And let me just say this too. What helps Notre Dame is a majority of NHL teams will leave their players at Notre Dame longer because they know what the coaching staff can do in the development of their players. They're going to do better at Notre Dame than being stuck in the ECHL or the AHL, where it's more about, hey, you're in the pros now. We shouldn't have to develop you. Right. play where you get the strength and conditioning of Tony Rolinski at Notre Dame. You get the stellar coaching. In fact, there was a broadcaster of the national variety for college hockey made the comment last year that NHL teams know when they send their players to Notre Dame, that they're going to get fully developed players when they're done. And that's as high a phrase as you could say about the coaching staff. No, that's fantastic. They basically use it as like a, a minor league essentially. And Guys can get their degree at the same time, so that's that's a pretty nice little bonus. So, Darren, uh, thanks for taking the time uh, to talk a little bit of uh, Irish hockey. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll have to do this again maybe right before the uh, Big Ten tournament, see where we stand. Anytime. Enjoyed it. Always enjoy talking Notre Dame hockey. Absolutely. That's uh, Darren Pritchett. He's the voice of the Notre Dame hockey team. He's also, uh, you can hear him live 4-7 to seven on uh, 96.1 WSBT Sports Beat uh, every weekday. He's the sports director over there at WSBT Radio. So catch him Monday through Friday. Sports Beat app, download it. You can, uh, you can hear it every uh, five days a week, man. So go ahead and do that. And uh, so for Darren, I'm Vince. Thanks for listening to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. 